G'day, guys. The episode is about to start. Just a little disclaimer beforehand, a little plug. Uh, the Barely Touched Him, us boys, will be having a live show recording uh, the day after the grand final this season. So it'll be the Sunday. A little wind-up party, if you will. In the Perth area, we're scoping it out. We're scoping it out. We don't have the venue, but it'll be a pub sort of set up. If you want to come round, if you want to hang out with us, have a couple of beers and uh, be an, a live audience for the pod, we would love to have you there. The episode will start now. Save the date. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be here. Welcome to Barely Touched Him, episode 27. The home and away season is done and, as they say, dusted. I am your host, Benry, joined, uh, as always, by my compadres, Corey Corison. Hello. And Joel Brinick. G'day, g'day. Yes, it's good. It's good. We're done with what a fantastic season this has been. It's the finals. It's the finals. We've got a week off and then... The real season starts. It's uh, You may as well just throw it all in the bin. It's done. Girlfriends and wives around the country are licking their lips with the anticipation for the season to be done. Yes, they are. The boys are coming home from the pub. Uh, until next year. Yes, or until the cricket season starts. Yes. Uh, you know, the multi-sports bet accounts can take a break. <laughs> uh, until after, the racing starts. Until the racing starts, after what has been a thrashing of a season. Uh, and uh, I feel like there's more... Does it just seem like there are even more gambling ads somehow than there yes. were last year? Yes, 100%. Like, there was already heaps. Well, even, but- even though they passed... Well, they passed the law um, for free-to-air television where they yep. can't show them uh, at, at specific times, I believe. Yes. And also they have to have the warning labels at the end yeah. where it's like your chances are but the you're problem, about to lose. The problem with that is nobody watches the footy on free-to-air television anymore. No, they don't. Because they don't have any fucking games. Exactly right. Well, also, like, there's... I feel like once you see a gambling ad and you're a gambling aficionado or, heaven forbid, a gambling addict, yes. you're just going to be like, oh, I should open up the gambling account. Immediately, yeah. you're not going to hear the warning label at the end. So the warning label may as well, chances are, you're about to fucking win. When, I, get see, in there. when I see uh, Nathan Brown's uh, same game moldies, I can't help myself. I yeah. have to get on him. Yeah, you've got to you've got try. Because he's overdue. He's <laughs> overdue for a win. Either way, footy news, a fair bit has happened in the football news. We are a football podcast I've got at the top in big letters Simo stays full support of the board full support unanimous unanimously the Eagles board have backed Simo and uh, Adam Simpson to stay as the Eagles coach it was all they could do here thoughts on this boys perfect perfect decision I mean they've they're already financially uh, married to him for another year plus they're not gonna be two years yeah, and they're not going to be uh, in the top four next year. So no. what what exactly is the point of uh, hunting around at this stage of the game for a uh, A-tier coach when there really isn't any getting around yep. that aren't already linked to other places? Um, let him let him have another year. They, they've, they've come in very, very good. Let him cook. They are playing. Let him cook. They have been playing football. 
They have been playing football. It's they, unbelievable. They, they, they've, they've not been as absolutely woeful as they no. were to start the, the year. And the reason they have been doing that is they have consistently had more key players back in. Yes. And uh, with uh, with McGovern back in, they actually look like a pretty decent backline, and yeah. that's without Barras as it's well. Not, so you get again, it's personnel. It's never They've, been it's never been a crazy um, scientific. Uh, equation as to why they've no, been horrible. No, it's very clear. The, the answer they're is fi- very clear. They're fielding a waffle team every week. And to say that another coach could have done it better, I think is ludicrous. Like there's no way that any coach could have gotten more out of this list Absolutely this year. not. No, but go back a week, are you surprised you got re-signed or at least a little bit shocked? No, um, I'm not, sure. even, I'm not surprised at all. I don't know what to feel anymore because of... Like I feel like there's this constant feedback loop of, you know, the media have just hedged their bets in every direction with uh, he's staying, he's going. Yeah. And I mean, there like, was even I even saw a story uh, that Dean Cox was going to be the coach. I, I saw that. Well, then like, what? a month what ago, a month ago we had John Ralph <laughs> reporting that he was absolutely staying. Yes. Then later that day we had Caro Wilson reporting he was gone. absolutely gone. And I'm like, Eddie well, Maguire came out and said he was absolutely gone. Yeah, there was heaps of people that came out and just snowballed out of this reporting, and now it's just another case of a non-story or. Or, you know, the boards change their mind. And what was the point of this fucking cycle apart from clicks? There is no point. It's all a grim hellscape. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the next story. Uh, I've got the green eye gouge. Wiedering gets off for potentially a bit of a uh, finger in the... Uh, if yeah. it was the other way around, he It was very fleeting. It was very fleeting. And, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, he's a... He's it was a bit of a... Oh, like yeah. it was it wasn't a full uh, Chris it, Judd. And people are saying, imagine if it was the other way around. We've seen what it's like when it when it's the other way around, and it's a lot more nefarious yeah, than, than that one was. Toby would have done, <laughs> done it with a bit more. He would have done it better. He would yeah. have done and a better did, eye gouge. He did get asked um post match. Um Toby Green got asked. Uh, yeah. oh, you know, what tell us what happened there. And he said, oh, I think you might be in a bit of trouble there. Yeah. I, I remember I got in trouble for a similar so thing. I think you did a bit more than that, Toby. <laughs> no, yeah. I think you did. You bless were, bless yeah. your heart. You were, you, were, you were knuckles deep in the eye socket, yeah. Toby. <laughs> He's Jesus had a good Christ. year, though. He's been very good this year, Toby. He has. He's, he's, he has, yeah. He, he could have retaliated to that uh, with a lot of malice. He didn't. He was just, I, uh, you know. I bit... personally loved that in the many, many slow-mos I've seen from many, many, many angles. All angles. All angles. All angles. Um, in all of the, all of the slow mos, Toby Green's got another dude in red a face yeah, in yeah. a headlock. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Look at the eye gouge." Meanwhile, yeah. old mate's like, ah, "Yeah, ah. it was uh, it was Toby towing the line with just perfect grace and intuition of what uh, what to do without even getting a fine. He's been doing it very well this year. Uh, I've also got, of course, the All Australian squad has been announced. The squad before the team, uh, the forty is it forty or forty four. 44-man squad. And there's one to me. Shut the door, 44. Shut the two little ducks, 22. (laughs) Uh, The the glaring omission for me, boys, is one Brian Myers. I actually cannot fucking believe he did not make at least the 44. I didn't think he was going to make it. The 44, though. Mm. Like, I, me personally, you know my thoughts on this, I would have him in the starting 22. He's basically Lionel Messi. He is basically Lionel Messi. Like, Luke Bruce for context, has made it into the 44-man squad. It. Yep. Over Grian? No. Yes. Grian has had a way better year than Luke Bruce. Bruce Are you kicked, telling me? Bruce has kicked a lot more goals Doesn't matter. as a forward. Doesn't matter. Which he is. Team. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is 
a forward, but well, he's got to kick goals. You don't have to kick goals to play in the forward line to be you have an to AFL team. You kick some goals. Well, you, got, you can assist some goals as well. You could assist <laughs> the most goals ever in an AFL season. Yeah. I, if you're telling me you would rather have Luke, current Luke Bruce in your team over current mm. Brian Myers, you're yeah. on crack. It's not, it's not a feasible argument to be making. Brian Myers has had one of the best field kicking seasons I have seen in a while. I would have allowed it. I would have disagreed, but allowed it if they put him in the 44-man squad and yeah. then chucked Rosie and Petrarca on the forward flanks. Like, we know they're going to. We know there's, they're going there's to do certainly, that. There's certainly a case for him in the 44, but... Definitely not the the team. There is a, there is the case. I've just made it, and you're not and you're not listening. <laughs> Didn't who do you think was snubbed, or what? Who do you think was a disagreement for you guys? Well, we'll say Taranto. Yeah, I, Taranto sticks he out was for me. Robbed. I know a, lot of, a lot of people. A lot of people have been reading online are, are particularly jarred with the Taranto, but it did not surprise me whatsoever. It's a ve- in a very midfielder heavy team. I yeah. I'm surprised he didn't make the squad. Um, but he did drop off towards the latter half of the year in terms of his impact on games. We've got, I've, got, I've actually written down some stats here for Taranto. So starting off, he's got a 43% kick, kick efficiency, which now, now, that sounds bad. And what you're going to say is he handballs a lot because he's a... No, I'm saying he's, almost all of his kicking efficiency is or disposal pressure. efficiency is clearances where you just throw it on the boot. Yeah, right. And he's one of the okay. best at that. So that's that's okay. That's all right. well and good. Yep. but. If you look at other players uh, that play that position uh, from yep. other teams, players around him, their kicking efficiency is much higher. Yeah. You've got liver, and I know you've said it doesn't matter, <laughs> but okay. these okay. are players okay. that okay. are just throwing yep. it on the boot yep. and they're doing it better. Yes. Liver's on 63. I agree, Liver's on 57. Year. Cripps yes. is on 56. Parrish is on 56. I would say Taranto has, I would have Taranto in the team before Patrick Cripps this year. Okay. Yep. Yeah, no, I would have him before Cripps. That's probably a fair shout. But but the others, no. But if you have yeah. a look at some of these stats, Cripps is, has done, outdone him in all of these. Yeah. So he's 10th for average disposals, Taranto is. Um, he's not in the top 10 for contested possessions. He's not in the top 10 for scoring involvements. He's 15th for clearances, which is supposed to be one of his main jobs. And he's 10th in tackles. So if he's not in the top 10 or, and even out, well out of the top 10 for all of these, what is he good at? These what, are, what is his standout? These are good arguments. These and are good arguments. And if there's 10 arguments. guys that are ahead of him, you can't have 10 yeah. midfielders in, in the squad. You just can't. I, I, I agree. I think it's too midfield heavy and I wouldn't have him in the in the 22. But again, it's a case of tit for tat and guys who made it over him and like Cripps. This... It's the nature of the beast when it comes to all Australian. There's yeah. there's so many positions you can't have them all. It's there's always going to be We've a guy look on back the line. To when Prittis won the Brownlow and he didn't make the team. He didn't make the yeah. All Australian that year. That's yeah, right. That's, yeah, that was an odd one. That was an um, odd one. What Under- else? Still somehow underrated, incredibly underrated player. Now, that I, Prittis. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Huge. Uh, any, you, you well, for, as far as the All Australian, I didn't have any that I think got snubbed, but there was Gorn? one. Well, I was going to say there's one that got in that I was very pleased with that I didn't think was going to get in, and that's Luke, Luke Jackson. Jackson. I know. I am actually. I don't. I'm fifty fifty on that one. Like I, I loved it I from disagree. Ra- from rounds one to twenty two. He uh, polled more coaches' votes than any other key position player in the league. Is that true? Yes. More than Kerno. Yep. More than Kerno. Yeah. He led. He led the league. Uh, for, led the league for key position players. 
coaches' votes. That is surprising to me. He was getting coaches' votes while he was on the back page of the paper uh, in in Perth, um, being lambasted for costing seventy eight thousand dollars. Yeah, per well, seventy eight thousand. I love the per month stat. Yeah, but I feel like he he did take a while to get going. His second half of the year was much better than his it's, first. It didn't take that long. It took three yeah. rounds. Yeah, by round three, he was very good. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, would and you... It, he was arguably maybe better uh, when Sean Darcy was out. But when Sean, he was getting polling those coaches' votes. Yeah, while Sean Darcy was in the team. Another omission I would chuck in there: Charlie Ballard from the Suns. I thought yeah, he, I bad. thought he was very, uh, very deserving of at least a squad mention. Yeah. Um, I personally, would have had gone in over Jackson. I, I'm, I'm inclined year, but... to agree with that, Joel. Like, it, yes, I agree. Jackson has been. It's been a good year, but like a seven and a half, eight out of ten year, I reckon. Whereas Gorn has bossed games so many times yep. and is still the best player, the most important player in that Melbourne team. But I mean, on. if if he is in the team, <clears throat> like what position are, are we giving him? I would say for? bench ruck. I would say bench ruck. Well, he's bench not going to make that because I think Rowan Marshall would. Yeah, do him in the bench. Right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. And then, so then, if you're going to put him in as a full as a forward, no, nah, he's ruck, ruck, he's ruck yeah. or nothing. He's exactly. ruck or nothing. Yes. So in in that in that context, then there then there is others ahead of him, unfortunately. And we could talk about all Australian snubs all day, including one uh, Patrick Parnell. He should have been in there. Uh, I think uh, there's one more story I've got here, oh, and this before, is not really a before story. Before you leave all Australian, yeah, 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 just, yeah. it's just worth noting. It's the first season since uh, since we've had 18 teams where every team is represented. Oh, okay, never happened, that's nice. Never happened before. That is nice, man. Oh, even thank God for Oscar Allen and Nick Larkey just <laughs> ki- somehow, just somehow finding ways to sneak goals. Uh, this is not really a story. It's more of a continued meme of uh, you know whenever things go bad at the dogs, you might say there's trouble at the kennel. To quote the great man Damian <laughs> Barrett. Barrett. If the dogs finish ninth, then. Bad. Uh, (laughs) What do we think? The dogs have missed out. They've finished ninth, just missing out on finals. We were talking about their list before we started recording. I'm I'm very glad they're not in it. Yeah. They didn't deserve it. There's two two reasons why I didn't want them in it. And one reason is if they got in, they wouldn't force – Big change. They needed to yep. miss to realize that they got to fucking they got to shake it up. And, and I se- think they would have. I don't think they could beat any of the top eight teams no, it in a been, final right that, now. And that leads me to my second reason. If they were in the finals, they would have got absolutely shit canned yep. by any team that's in the Put finals. It, way, if it would have been the terrible. Finals, I would have loved for the Saints to play it. Yeah. Oh, you'd be you'd be no licking your lips for them. them. You'd be licking your lips. And there's so much talk about. The dogs list, and I feel like it's sort of Schrodinger's list at the minute. Like mm. there's, or no, not, Schrodinger might not be the right metaphor here. It's the what's the effect where if you tell someone something enough, they start to believe it. Like yeah, you know, because we, we've been told for like five years now mm. that they've got this amazing list and they've got so much talent that people have just started to believe it without looking at what magnets are on the board each yep. week. And you look at their. Lineup. Pick any round if you go onto afl.com.au and look at the team they're fielding. And yeah, you've got stars. You've got obviously Timmy English, all Australian, Jamara Yugohagen, next big star, Key Ford. You've mm. got the Bont, the the midfield of Trelaw and 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 uh, and Liber and all that. 
Other than that, other than the best sort of six to seven players, it's it's very bad. It's very much lacking for overall talent. Bad, like the bottom bad. the bottom eight or ten players, and this was this point's been made by uh, our Lord and Saviors Lee Montagna and David King on on first crack, which uh, we do we do endorse. They're the sister show of the, the podcast. They just don't know it yet. Uh, <laughs> they they've made this argument that if you're going to be a challenging team in the Premiership window, these role players in your team have mm. got to perform. You compare it to, hate to bring it up because we're the biased, pies. the I was, pies. I was about to say you the look pies. At the, you look at the <laughs> bottom players on the pies, like, you know, Johnny Noble, McCreary, yeah. Pat Lapinski, Oleg Markov. Oleg Markov, you know, Will Hoskin Elliott, who still mm. plays his role each week. Like yeah. all of these guys, even if they're giving you eight disposals a game, the effort is always there yeah. and they are there when they need to step up. Even if it's only a couple of contests. Whereas yeah. the doggies don't really and we've have seen, that. We've seen all year from the dogs that when their game plan, uh, albeit the very mysterious game plan, because it appears sometimes they just don't have one. They don't have one at all. Uh, when it falls apart, it very much falls apart and you can see how dejected they are. Yeah. And the moment that you do that, that the other team other teams can see it. They can see the body language and they'll just pile on you. And it does uh, – There's this is a criticism that's been levelled at uh, Bevo, mainly by fans, <laughs> I think, that yeah. – uh, you often hear uh, Bevo has no plan B. Like when things go wrong in a game yeah, for really the Bulldogs and they're being out coached, whether that's a loose player that the uh, opposition coach is employing defective, uh, effectively, a matchup that is really taking out a dog's key player, or just ball movement hurting against them. Yeah. There is never, I can't remember Bevo ever making a really good tactical reaction to that. I no. can't remember a time where that's happened. No, no, I nor can I. And then whether he, whether Bevo goes, I don't know. But they, they desperately need to do something, and yeah. they need, they need to have a well, very got strong rid of draft. Two assistants already. Yeah. Yeah. And there's and links to Stuart Judy. They going have. There as well. They do have. Um, they do have a quite a list of those top players that are out of contract. So it'd be interesting to see if one of them does go. If Jamara becomes a free agent, that's fucking. He's. Every club should yeah, any, be lining up team, to try and any sign team him. Would. Well, same give with him Norton and English. Give I out of all of those, I would give the most money to Jamara Yugohagen. That's what if, I, mean. if, yeah. I would. He is worth a million dollars a year because yep. the rising tide is lifting all boats when it comes to player contracts. Yeah. More players are going to start to earn a million dollars as they should. The the ceiling sh for that should be lower. Yeah. And you're making an investment. You look at the Luke Jackson contract. You're saying we predict you are going to be one of the best players in your position in the comp. Jamara Yugohagen is the hot take. Fucking take me to the bank on this. In five years' time, he will be the number one key forward in the game and he will easily, like, clear. Yep. He will multiple Coleman's and be the best key forward it, in the I game. Think it, I think it'll Pay be, him a million a season, I think it'll be him versus Jaya Miss in the next 10 years. Yeah. Oh, but you look at – I can see Jaya Miss – but they're about the same age, him and yeah. Jamara Yugohagen. I think uh, Look Jamara at the size is a year difference. Look yeah. at the size difference already. <laughs> Jamara can get bigger. He can get stronger. Yeah. But look he at, can look use at, his size yeah, more effectively. Jamara's also had a few more years. Where yeah, but a miss just, is, well, in his if you look season. at what Jamara looked like two years ago to what he does now, mm. it's very stark. And I yes. expect the same thing will happen to Joe Miss. Hopefully, hopefully. Anyway, let's get on to the results. Uh, it's been the final round of the home and away season, as we have said. Unfortunately, because of the Crows being robbed uh, by the goal review, that has really put a bit of a damper on the ladder movement for this final round. Yep. This could have been 
fucking moving deck chairs all over the place on the Titanic, swipping all over. Well, it did come down to the final game, though. But it was only really one or two spots that could shift. If the Adelaide Crows were in the hunt and another team was maybe in the hunt and Sydney wasn't locked in, it could have been even more dramatic. I think the AFL shot themselves in the foot because they were, um, with the fixturing... Uh, the fixturing for the uh, for the weekend, it could have been a lot spicier. Yes, if, if with who's playing who. Yeah, yes, yep. yes. That, anyway. that Adelaide uh, that Adelaide goal, which it was, oh. really really fucked the whole crows show. robbed right in front of me. What was the first game, Joel? I wonder what. Alrighty, so it was the Pies getting up by seventy <laughs> points over yes, the Bombers. Clinical, clinical. You knew it was coming. Um, it was like playing against the team on PlayStation. It's If you're going to have a training run against any team going into a finals campaign where you don't want your boys injured and you want them to just be rolling, give me Essington any day of the week. <laughs> give me 10th finishing Essington. Oh, my they God. Were so bad. Fucking <laughs> witches hats. Absolute witches hats. So they they weren't tackling. They kicked three goals for the entire game. They weren't tackling. They weren't chasing. No. It was literally like b- b- push numbers to the contest. Who wants the ball? Let's yeah. go, boys. There Let's was, run. They was, were having a great time. There was, there was handballs and kicks from Essendon where Pies players were literally just jumping in the air and slapping it out of the yeah. air and it just was, running. It was, it was like when you see a fucking hell good mixed netball team that should be above your division in Division <laughs> 1 up against you guys who, are, who don't know the rules of netball. You're stepping... You know, you're replaying, and it was that vibe. And also everyone's taller and faster and stronger and better than you. So Just a stark difference of what the Bombers were like early in the season. Oh, huge. just embarrassing. And it's... You've heard the language from Brad Scott a lot in the past uh, few weeks, almost predicting that they weren't going to make finals. Yeah. And I don't think he's copping enough shit for this, for for how bullish and how good, like you said, Joel... Essendon were one of the informed teams in the competition. Like I said, when we did our predictions on episode it, one, it was a very short they're period. They're a great though, to be team. Fair. They're a great team in April. <laughs> they're a great team in May. And come September, August build-up time, it's just Hindenburg crashing they've, down. They've got, they've got very, they've got big problems. I mean, they've they've just re-signed Heppel, which was probably a mistake. Yep. Well, they've um, got the Parish contract dispute Parish, as well. Parish, they need to trade Parish while he's worth something well, because he's he terrible. As a free agent, you'd get probably pick eight for him. Yeah, take yeah. it as a compensation. So I I think Parish could thrive in another team yeah. as well. That's the thing. Like I think Parish cops a lot of shit the same way Tom Mitchell did for a long time of saying, "Oh, he doesn't hurt you. He's not a damaging midfielder." People are forgetting how th- there was a, there was a season where he got like sixth or seventh in the Brownlow. I think yeah. it was twenty twenty one, if I remember correctly. He was one of the best midfielders in the comp that year. And it was because of his clean skills in the contest, like a Tom Mitchell, like a Lockie Neal, very clean by hand and just racked up the ball so much that whenever Darcy Parrish has the ball, yes, maybe it's a lot of just flick-out handballs, but that's a possession where the opposition doesn't have the ball. It's not yeah. hard. It's not rocket science. But they've got young kids as well in the midfield where you've got Hobbs, you've got Sardis, who are coming through and getting rid of a parish. Sardis looks all right, too. Getting rid of a parish for a pick eight and the money off your books isn't the worst thing in the it's world. It's not. It's not. And I think it's it could be beneficial for both sides. Like like I said, imagine Darcy Parish going to like a North Melbourne and yeah. getting into that midfield. I think he slots straight in and becomes their best midfielder with time, LDU. It's probably time to let go of the package as well. The dude, oh, yeah. He does not look... Uh, well, he's got one more year on He his doesn't contract. look like... Uh, a football player. And this is a uh, close personal friend of the show, Kane Corns, getting 
kind of proven right about uh, Jake Stringer. <laughs> like he's been on him for literally three years, every preseason saying like, you're no good, you're not fit. Like just brutal takedowns. Yeah, but to be fair, he's not. I'm not saying this. Joel is saying this and Kane Corns is saying he's, this. He's but not fit. what I have said previously, uh, and this is a bit of opinion, a bit of an editorial here from All mm. Angles, uh, he needs a misses. He needs a long-term yeah, you misses. Have, you have mentioned that. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong on this. Jake Stringer is a single bachelor man. Mm. I, I don't. I don't stalk him on Instagram. I don't know for sure, but. Or, he, or uh, you know, in line with uh, the Four Corners report last week, a husband. Or a fella. A or a fella, just a long-term partner <laughs> that's going to keep you in line and call you out a little bit. Hey, Jake. You've just had training. Do you really need to have that McFlurry? Do you really need to so go and get the six McNuggets? Shouldn't you go for a three? Maybe today have five darts instead of maybe 20. five darts instead of twenty. Jake, you're a gun, Jake Stringer. <laughs> he's a he's an amazing player when he's on. But I feel like if he just if he if he came into a preseason or out of a preseason in fucking Lockie Neal condition, wouldn't he just be incredible? He'd be a gun. He'd get injured less. He'd get more of the ball. He'd, he'd, he'll do that shit that he does like two or three times a year, but all but the time. But all year. He could win a fucking <laughs> round though, but he's, 20, he's like 29, 30 years old now. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe the ship is safe. So in the, in the post-match, I very much enjoyed uh, Oleg Markov's uh, post-match interview. Very sweet. Yes. He's beca- quickly become a huge fan favourite for, for the Pies. Yes. And just very honest and genuine Dude, uh, he was talking about uh, looking forward to the finals and whether or not he'll be playing. And it cast my mind back because I forgot. He was with Richmond for their three-peat. And didn't get a game in finals. Didn't play a single final. He had to sit in the stands and watch that. And the Quick thing footy, is, and now now he's back in the best side in the comp. He, I remember first watching him at Richmond and being really impressed with him as well. Yeah. Like he's always he's had, he's always had the pace. He's always had the the ability to take the game on. But I feel like he was maybe a little bit ahead of his time. Like yep. now that even though Richmond played a fast attacking game style. It was very midfielder heavy. Well, it was you know, very. Whereas Oleg is a natural running halfback. You know who else was at Richmond yeah, during that period? Craig McRae. Ah, there. And you appara- go. apparently he formed a pretty strong connection uh, with Fly was during yeah, that period. Coach as well. Uh, I forget I, what coach he was. I don't think he was the defensive coach. Okay. I think he was just an assistant. Yeah. But he formed a strong connection with him and was hoping that one day they would reconnect. And I. I have a suspicion that that played a heavy part in him coming in. I think so. But back to the game, lots of things to like here. But, again, it's a training drill for Collingwood. Uh, I thought Jack Ginnivan was best on ground. Yes. I thought he was was very damaging. He got a free kick. Got a free kick for high. That was great scenes with Craig McRae on the boundary, like fist pumping for the high. Yeah, that was great. it was about fucking time that he actually got one given to him. And so many times, I think it was Redmond that tackled him. Yes. Redmond... Every time Mason Redmond, and I love the Red Dog, every yeah. time he tackles Jack Ginnivan, it is a JBL clothesline from yeah. hell. He fucking he, hammers He him. drills his face into yeah. the ground. And, and he's gotten away with it like six times. I, yeah, I've seen side-by-side so vision. Keep doing it? Exactly. Yeah, I've no, seen side-by-side vision of several tackles uh, by Redmond on Ginnivan, and they're identical. Yeah, it's, it's exactly it's the so same. It's so funny. I it mean, it's gets, obviously like hell dangerous. He gets but. absolutely drilled. <laughs> yeah. And, and credit to Jack Ginnivan because he never, like... He'll play for the free kick, obviously, because he wants the high contact. 
but I don't think he ever like dives on the ground. He's usually straight up if he, he doesn't is, yeah. get it. He might look to the umpire and go, what the hell? But That's he, clearly a high. Him coming back into the side, he's looked very, he very good. He has looked very good. Very next game, good. we could talk about the pies all day and we, <laughs> we will. We love the pies. But let's get to the next game. All righty, Frio getting up on the Hawks by 37 points at the MCG on Saturday morning. Yeah, a bit of a nothing one. Um, no, real, no real skin in the game. Uh, but again, great game from uh, the, the players you'd expect. From Fremantle, Jackson, I thought uh, was yeah. playing his role pretty well. There wasn't much, wasn't much to say about this one. Not much. Uh, look, not much. Bo- both teams obviously didn't have a great year. You'd say yeah. the Hawks probably achieved more than what people thought they would. Yes. Um, Frio getting a win going into the off seasons, good thing for the confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, <clears throat> and perhaps we can touch on this after the, all the games, but the amount of potential there is in the bottom eight is actually pretty stunning. It is. You can it look is. at. Pretty much everyone except for Essendon and say and and see <laughs> and Bulldogs I think and see a lot of potential there. Well, I love. I the mean, Essendon not, catching strays young, young even potential. after we've done yeah. the Essendon game. It's just like, by the way, Essendon <laughs> are fucking. Shit. I mean, the, the Hawks for me, the Hawks for me have been beyond impressive this mm. year. Um, the amount of um, short losses or or fourth quarter fadeaways. Um, Aside, their their brand of football is unbelievable. Yep. It's very They just need, again, I think they can actually absolutely challenge for the eight if things really click up early in the year and all these boys get a hella good preseason into them. Hawks are Hawks are a smoky for sure. And Let's go next. The next same game. the next same game. thing can be said about Frio. Like when, when they are on, list. they look like they can beat absolutely anybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh next game. Uh, North Melbourne getting up on the Gold Coast. Yeah, what the fuck? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> this is wild, man. out of nowhere. Now, I I didn't watch this game. I listened to it on Triple M, and the 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 commentators you missed were, out. It was a were great just, watch. We're going fucking bananas. Yep. You could you you'd be surprised to know that there was a football game going on. They were just in the box having a good old time. I love a good uh, a low stakes triple M call I, when, it when it's, so when it's junk time in a game with no stakes and they were for it's a lot of the time a lot of the time they were checking in with one guy in the box that was watching a different game on a monitor and they were just commentating that game like while the game they were commentating Fucking was phenomenal, it was phenomenal, unbelievable. Yes. So and now the the big thing was with this game, obviously North winning, uh, they uh, gave up the number one pick. Yes, they are now um, not bottom on the ladder. Which, I mean, depending on how you feel about it is a mistake or or not, but pretty much anyone with half a brain would prefer the win than um, the assurance. It of the also top just it, it it solidifies the um, accusing people of tanking argument yep. is such bullshit and unfounded nonsense that the idea that and it was pumped from the get go five rounds into the season. I'm going to keep calling him out. Damian Barrett was accusing Hawthorne Eagles and North Melbourne of all tanking. He yeah. never said it explicitly. He started on the Hawks in round two. Yeah. Which and is was saying that they're, they're not trying to win. They're not playing to win. Yeah. Uh, and Sam Mitchell's intentionally gutted the list to tank. And that is completely unfounded. People have run with this The now that Hawks started to get a bit better. They started to run with the ball of now it's just Eagles and North that are tanking to win. No one wants that. Uh, they both want to get Harley Reid. Well, both of them have pulled off like miraculous wins to take them off of the bottom of the ladder, which completely destroys this argument and uh, stick to just receiving the text message and writing that in the article, not tactically analysing football. But if we just look at um, Nick Larky as well, imagine if he was in a side 
with a midfield that could pinpoint him every yeah, he's, single time. Uh, if you're North Melbourne, you're just whatever you want in money, Nick, have it. Like, we're, I don't know, what's his contract situation? Like, is he? I, I'm guessing they've locked him down. Yeah, I think they've locked him down. Yeah. He's not out of contract this year, that's for yeah. sure. So, like, whenever that comes up again, or you're going, or you're, you know, whenever, whenever that time period is up and the suitors come, give him a blank checkbook. Give him the fucking billboards. Give him the Mercedes. Give him everything. Because you can look at like get a Charlie Saudi Kerno. investor. Get, get whatever you need. <laughs> you Sorry, can, you can look at Charlie Kerno and say, you know, he won the Coleman, and yes, he's an amazing forward. But yep. he's also in a team where you'd expect the guys in the midfield to hit him up. You would pretty nicely. You would, and I, I do, I a, do think still Charlie Kerno is the best forward in the game. But st- I do get what you're saying. Larky's you fucking close. Larky is, yeah, it's it's Larky. I think. On a comfortable second behind Kerno, I think yep. it's it's either he's. I think they're very very close though. I I I would say that there's probably a bee's dick between um, Kerno and Oscar Allen. Yeah, Allen's really good too. Okay, I think if you I, if you're using the argument of imagine if he was in a team, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, then yeah. Oscar Allen is probably a head and shoulders above Kerno. I feel like Kerno. they've all, they've each got actual distinctive games from each other as they well. Do. Like Charlie yeah. Kerno is very mobile. He's very fast for yeah. a forward his size. Os- Oscar Allen likes to come right at the ball. And Oscar Allen, I think, is the best overhead mark out of the yep. three of them as well. Yep. Oscar Allen does some amazing things in the air. And Nick Larky, I think, is so good in the body contest. When yep. Nick when Nick Larky he's a is, big boy. He's that's a huge a, boy, and he just he 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 guards the space so well. That's a very astute. Uh, uh, assessment. Yeah, it's everyone's got their strengths. <laughs> well, he's only twenty five as well. So oh, for a key forward, he's quite. He young. plays like a thirty two year old Rezzy's dominating player, like just that sort of old school key forward. Anyway, like next game, next game. Where I, I like the extended analysis though. Alrighty, so we've got the Lions getting up on the Saints by two goals at the Gabba. Yep, yeah, I'm guessing you watched this one intently, Joel. I watched every game. I was crook yes, all weekend. Yes, very good. So yes, you have been crook. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Saints performance here? Uh, look. We went up to the Gabba and realistically, no team wins up there. No, they haven't lost a game there um, all year. Do I think we put in a good effort? Yeah. I'm yeah. happy with that performance going into the finals. I think it's a good uh, endorsement of the Saints' backline as well uh, oh, to restrict. Th- we should have lost by a hell of a well, lot Well, they more kicked, Brisbane kicked 18 behind. So yeah. it, I, but still, it was on the verge of being an absolute. Shellacking. To keep them to seventy-two points is still good, though. It is still it is still a good result, regardless of inaccuracy. Uh, but Brisbane uh, are a force to be reckoned very with. Up strong. There. It's very strong. They're very strong. They're putting it together at the right time. Every, and every, time, they, every time it looks like they're kind of faltering slightly, they, they just, they just come back. And the ladder don't lie. They're second on the ladder. They are, they are going to get a home Gabba final uh, to qualify. You presume they're going to win that against Port Adelaide at the at the Gabba. I would, I would be taking Brisbane. I in would that. definitely yeah. be taking Brisbane. Uh, so then they get the prelim at the Gabba. Fucking, it's hard to see them not making the grand final. Honestly, it's very hard to see it happening. It yeah. would take a choke. It would take a very big well, choke job. They've done it before. They have. They did it. They did it like last year against Melbourne, if I uh, remember correctly. It was a very controversial finish to the game. Uh, next game, Joel. Uh, next game. So the cats going down to the doggies by twenty five points. At yeah, bit of a nothing one. Bit of a nothing one. Uh, was Zach Smith's last game. Yeah, he played very, well. A, a very I... underrated, somehow an underappreciated player, Isaac Smith. One yeah. of the best wingers of the twenty first century. Not bad. Um, yeah, this game was not gr- not fun to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fr- very frustrating at times, yep. and then just very boring at other times. Like I just. 
was watching. Yeah, the like, cats were I, the cats were ready for here? Mad Monday. They were. Uh, it was. It's just. It, it meant nothing, and uh, the dogs got the win. Yet finished ninth. Just disappointments <laughs> all round. So next we can churn through them. Next game. Uh, next game was the Adelaide Crows getting up on the Eagles by forty five points. Yes, and I. Tex I'd, Walker. Being quote unquote selfish, yeah, to get the well, he wanted to get the Coleman, so you know, it's uh, I, I, I understand, but again, uh, very great careers to Hearn and Shuey and uh, Nat and Yui are, are being out there play. as well, which is good got to a see. Luke Shuey fact, oh, yeah, <laughs> Luke Shuey is the only Norm Smith medalist to start and finish his career with wooden spoon seasons. Wow, okay, yeah, right. and they're the only two wooden spoon se- seasons that West Coast have ever had, I believe, correct, hasn't there? That is a good fact. Oh, Shuey, <laughs> very good. It's so difficult to place Luke Shuey on like the all-time great Eagles list because yep. they've had such an amazing amount of talent in the midfield over there the course of the year. But club captain and a norm. You know, you know for the longest time during my life, um, the past um, however many years Luke Shuey's been playing, 15 years odd, um, for most of those years, he was one of those guys where I knew his name, story stats, but I didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, he's just, he's got one of those faces. Yeah, he does have one of those faces. I just couldn't picture what he looked like. And when I was watching a game, like which one, which fucking one is he? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, again, a bit of a nothing game. Adelaide tried to uh, get Tex the Coleman. Eagles tried to get a win for their, their retiring boys. Don't need to really harp on about it. I think Adelaide Crows are well positioned for a charge next season. But my boy Paddy Parnell did get the call up. I will get into it when we get into Adopt Your Boy. Good. So prelude to uh, that huge moment. Thank you, Matthew Nix. But it's about fucking time. Uh, (laughs) Next game. Next game. All righty. So Port Adelaide getting the win over the Tigers at the Adelaide Oval. This was a good game. This uh, The the scoreline doesn't really reflect it. It was real tit for tat there for a moment. Up Um, until three-quarter time. Richmond were in it. They, they were in it. And I thought, uh, I think the last few weeks, Junior Rioli's been really entertaining to watch. Sorry, he's back to Willy Rioli now. Uh, yes. He's been very entertaining to watch in that Ford 50. There have been times where he's been played as the deepest Ford, like that full Ford in the goal square. Yeah. And he's fucking, he's, I can't look away from him. He's just, all of his matchups are so in, engaging. In, interestingly enough that you've mentioned uh, Willy Rioli, um, I was listening to Scott Penelbury's podcast uh, last week. Yes. And the guest on there was Braden Maynard, oh, yes, which was yeah. a very interesting listen. Um, and he got asked the question, "Who? What, what are some of the players that you've found most difficult to yep. match up on? And he immediately said Willie Rioli, yeah, which I thought was was a bit out of left field. No, I thought he was going to say like some kind of legend or something, but he went with so, Willie Rioli. He's deceptively quick and he's strong. Like yeah. he's, he's very <laughs> good in one-on-one contest. He makes good leads. He's an intelligent, smaller type player. And... He doesn't really have any weak spots in his game when no. he's on, really. Well, like he's, you, his weak, the weakest spot in his game has been at some points of his career has been, just been his fitness. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's literally that's it. it. But even then, like it's it it doesn't really show because he's doing it in short bursts all the time. Yeah, and he's I not think, required to run fifteen k's a game. I think last week there was some behind the goals footage. Of Willy Rioli and it was yep. stunning. Like the, the work he was putting in to set up a play yeah. uh, well in advance. He's also got a bit of can about he, him. Really he does. He, he's, he's, 
body checking. He's throwing elbows up. I, yeah, he's Braden Maynard's right. I would fucking hate him like on Billy Rioli. <laughs> You'd end up with bruises. You'd end up with a bag of four or five kicks Because he can, he can and, do those little um, pirouettes as well. Yeah. He'll do a little pirouette yeah. and then all of a sudden you're just behind him. And it's a pirouette where an elbow flies at your rib <laughs> as well and the umpire doesn't see it and you're like, fuck. Like, it's, so you're in pain and he's now got five metres on you. So, yeah, the, Willie Rioli really stood out to me. I thought he was fantastic. We love the young forward line as well. So Francis Evans and Ollie Lord, both for Port Adelaide, kicking five goals between them. Yes, like yes. Two guys that are in there, you know. Frank Evans kicked a great goal as well. It was like a soccer out of the air in the goal square, and it was just I sort have, of he sort of threw the shoe at it—a high flexibility karate kick. I have it was honestly very nice. never heard of Frank Evans. Frank well, the Tank. In my entire oh Frank, Frank the Tank. The tank. Yeah, yeah, that's why I've never heard of him because it's always Frank the it's Tank Frank and not Frank tank. Evans. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I mean. You're saying you never heard of him. There's two guys that are extremely young that are in this top team as well, which Yum. just shows what they can do in the future. Yes. Uh, next game, Joel. Wizen through him. Uh, uh, next Port, game uh, on. The money for finals. They're in good form. Yep. So speaking of the finals team, we've got Melbourne getting up on Sydney at the SCG. Also entertaining the, game. The this demons were ruthless. Yeah, they are fucking... It's scary. Absolutely I'm so scared for the Pies to play them in a qualifying so final. It's... I'd, I'm very worried. I'm Mate, very, very worried. The style, the style of footy they were playing, and Sydney has been quite good um, of late. Mate, they were ruthless. It's... Goodwin is such a good coach and he still doesn't get, I think, the credit he deserves for being yep. one of the best coaches in the game, especially defensively. He's, you Sydney look at, could, they could not move at times. It was insane. Sydney's, Sydney's strength all year has been their short kicking but quick kicking. They can move it through the field at whatever ground they play at and hit like seven targets, hit the 45s inside, find yep. a loose player, get Heaney involved up the ground, get Patley involved. They've got really good kicks and movers across the ground. Melbourne just choked the life out of them. They, did. they fucking – it was like, – you could see the frustration on so many of the players' faces. The only way they could get anything done is just to get Errol Gould in the footy and he just <laughs> runs and tries to win the game himself. He had some like, pretty impressive highlights. Oh, uh, he was amazing. Old Errol. He was still best on ground. He got 42. 42. Yeah. 42, <laughs> and a, 42 and two goals Like and, and still comfortably <laughs> lost, but he was the best player on there. So that's – Goodwin saying, we'll take your best player and let him off the leash. Yeah, the rest of you are Doesn't matter. Fucked. We will outscore you. You're not, you're, they only scored 56-odd points, was it? What was, what was the score? Yeah, 56 points. 56-77. So you look at Bailey Fritch as well. That's his first game back. Yeah, five goals. Which yeah, is just incredible. The unfortunate thing was Melksham going down with his ACL. You do feel for Jakey Melksham. Um, yeah. And he, he was sitting on the sidelines for their last premiership win as well. Yep. And so, uh, then got in a bit of controversy with the fight about it. Stephen May punches well. were thrown if you, if you believe the media. But Melksham's had a really good second half of 2023. Yes. And he's just like, I, w I was ready for him, like pulling for him. Like, you're going to get a finals campaign. He can be the second key forward to Bailey. I think we talking about him last well, week. Yeah, there was I, gave I, a, I gave him votes. I gave him votes for a couple. I was about to say, there yeah. was, he got five. He got, he got some votes last I week. I gave him one for the Ford tag he did on yeah. Sicily. Um, he got three from me. Yeah, so prayers up, uh, prayers up to Jakey Melksham. Um, but again, Melbourne, uh, I'm scared of them. I'm really scared. I'm As worried. Am, yeah. uh, <clears throat> qualifying final, I, I don't know who's going to win. I Such don't know who's an underrated win. player at Melbourne as well, Jack Viney. Oh, like, for yeah, sure. We always talk about Petrarca and Oliver. But I think he's just as important, if not more. He's been that guy for like six years and he's never gotten the, the appreciation for it. He's also just such a fucking beast of a tackling player as well. Like when he puts the clamps on you, 
Jack Viney, you've good luck. It's uh, and he's nominated for the All Australian. That would be his first All Australian selection if he gets in. Yeah, I don't think he will because it's so midfield heavy. I but wouldn't I wouldn't be so. mad. I wouldn't be mad if he did. Next game, let's uh, churn through them still. But good analysis here, boys. Feeling yep. good. So last game of the round, GWS upsetting. The Blues. Oh, this was... Uh, I've never had an arsehole so tight in my life. Yeah, I I was a big fan of the Giants' performance in this game. They slapped them, really. They did slap them. They em. slapped them. And they had to. It was a crucial it, win for them. And this was set up for a choke if they weren't switched on. Carlton yeah. Carlton came out at the at the start of the game but just got overran. The mentality was so good. I heard some uh, opinions circulating that the performance was that of... Uh, oh, this game doesn't matter that like we're in, but I don't, I don't believe that whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think GWS just really <laughs> outran them and and, yeah. and, and and put in more efforts. And maybe that is, you know, a bit of a mentality thing, but I don't think you can put it all down and, uh, to that. And, you know, one speaking thing. of Simon Goodwin just now with coach, uh, underappreciated coaching, I think oh. ben, ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah, famous actor. <laughs> famous actor, famous actor ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley. <laughs> oh, there's. And the. the uh, I'd say he's coach of the year. I would agree. I and would that absolutely gets, that agree. That gets yep, voted yeah. on tomorrow night, <clears throat> and I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I, I, I would give my votes to Kingsley for sure. And yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of, again, this is, we talk about the bottom 10 players in a side. GWS, there's no passengers no, in the GWS isn't. team. Like and guys like Brown, Iden, Daniels, Bedford, like all of these yeah. guys that, again, not going to rack up the ball, but when it's their turn to go, when it's their turn to affect a contest or hit a lace-out kick or, or really throw themselves at it, they all, they're all all completely bought into the game plan and it's it's yeah, great they, to watch. They, they made it look very easy uh, for yep. most of that game. Well, how about this? We were just talking about players that are, you know, the lower-ranked players at GWS still playing a role. These are the six lowest-ranked players in that game. Yep. Not count the sub. So we got Nick Haynes. Oh, still a gun. Still an absolute gun. And plays Buckley. his role. Dill Buckley. Uh, no, we, not Dill. Sorry, um, Jack Buckley. Jack Buckley. <laughs> Dill Buckley. Shout out to Dylan Freds. Uh, Jack Buckley with Sam Taylor out as well. I feel like he can, he can be their number one defender. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then you got Ward, Riccardi, Hogan, and Brown. Yep, all now, capable of turning it on. Yeah. All, all absolutely capable. And look. They're a huge threat in finals. It's Saints versus GWS. It's a banger. It's a banger of a matchup. Well, and that's why I was so nervous because we play them like away. Yeah. I think we're fucked. Yeah. Well, I think you still could be fucked. Like a GW, well, I think it would be a close game. G- yeah. I think it would be a very close game. It's GWS, I think, are a very good uh, attacking side. They are, yeah. Saints are a very good the defensive side. It is a bit of a. Like, Irresistible thoughts meets uh, movable object. Yep. Hogan versus Andre sort of setup. Uh, very cool. Can't wait for not, it. Not Jesse Hogan. Not Hulk Jesse Hogan. Hogan. Hulk Hogan. But Jesse, if he kicks nine, could, uh, you know, what you going to do, brother? Hell uh, yeah, brother. I'm going to say the N word, brother. I, I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan experience the other day. Why with, would you go and do a thing like well, that? Because I haven't listened to it in about a year. Who was on? Have you done DMT? One Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Hulk was on there, wasn't he? <laughs> Man, oh, was he I just g- talking absolutely? I got through about half an hour, but I had to turn it off. This guy is just... He is awful. Talking (laughs) absolute dog shit. So many... I'm a big fan of watching (laughs) wrestler, you call it a shoot interview, when they're out of character and talking about the business and what happens behind the scenes. He's had too many head knocks. Hulk Hogan is just a serial liar. Every single story he tells... He claims claims that um, he almost joined Metallica, but... 
um, Lars Ulrich came out a few years ago and said, I've never even heard of him. What joined Metallica in yeah. what capacity? As a, as a musician. What? Playing what? Uh, I think he was a, a guitarist. Get absolutely fucked, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you were not going to be the guitarist in Metallica. And what, and what was the issue? Was it, does he lack talent? Well, or? he was he was in bands in the early eighties. I don't I don't agree that you were going to take Kirk Hammett's spot no. in Metallica. So Hulk this, Hogan. He, he came out with a story like years ago saying, "Oh yeah, I've just been in bands. I almost right. joined, I almost joined Metallica." And Lazarus literally came out and was like, "I've never heard of this man." Before. One thing that you can always be certain of with Hulk Hogan interviews, he is always going to put himself over, as we say in the business. He is allergic to being humble, and he's also <laughs> said some very racist things on camera during a sex tape. So let's not forget that, I love that scandal. One. I love that Hulkamaniacs. So good. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go on to the MVP voting for these rounds uh, and the final, the final votes we are giving before we have the official the next presentation week. next week. I think, should we go through next week? This is, uh, stay tuned, dear listeners. Should we rail off like the top 25? Or the I think top, 25. Yeah. I think 25 is a good round number. We'll, we'll, we'll ascend from 25 up and we'll, yeah. once we get to 10, we can kind of do a... A little dive A on little each preamble player. on each one. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes, absolutely. And we'll get some emotional music for it as well, oh, 100%, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, let's start with uh, Joel. Who were your votes this week, mate? Alrighty, so with one vote, I go Tom Green. Yes, yes. Very yeah. good, Tommy. Very, very good game. Good um, two votes, Tex Walker. Yep, I mean, Look, he, kicked, he kicked nine, didn't he? It's still nine goals, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, three votes, Errol Goulden. Oh, yes, yes. Four votes, Isaac Smith. Oh, yeah, no, I like that. Uh, Well-deserved from uh, Isaac. Great career. And then five votes, Nick Larkey. Yep. No, guys, I have no disagreements with those whatsoever, even though my top five is a bit different. Corey, what have you got? I have got one vote for Jack Aginovan. Yes. Uh, Two votes, Jaya Miss. Oh, yeah, all right, Um, okay. Not... uh, not so much for the game. I mean, he did kick three goals, which was yes. fantastic. But being the final game of the season and that putting him over 40 goals in his um, rookie year. Yep. I don't mind a retroactive vote in the last yeah. round. I but, don't mind I mean, mind it. it's the last round. It fucking is. Uh, yeah, come on. He's not going to fucking be challenging. Um, and the my next three votes are all reminiscent of Joel's. We've got three for Tom Green. Yep. Uh, four for Isaac Smith and five for Nick Lucky. Yeah, all right. Okay, my top five the is... The Souv Lucky. The Souv. We like a bit of eat Souv Lucky. <laughs> to quote the Anthony Kudafidis uh, ad. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's so fucking good. Uh, okay, so my one vote, uh, and I don't know if he's appeared on the count before, but I think okay, he has. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, one, Willy Rioli. Okay. Uh, loved everything he was doing. Not the most impressive game on the stat sheet in the world, but, again, it's the off-ball movement, and I couldn't look away every contest he was involved in. He was just awesome to watch. and Great pickup by Port. Absolutely. And he's a proven quantity in finals. He's a premiership player with the Eagles. He's a Rioli. Look the fuck out. If if Port... like, you know, if Porter making a deep charge into September, and I think there's every chance they will, Rioli's going to be a big part of it. I think he could be their main avenue 100%. towards goal. Uh, two votes, Jack Ginevan. I thought this was a, 
I think Jack seems more composed and more level-headed since coming back from the twos. Yes. He's looking to give the ball off more. He had 17 disposals, three goals, three goal assists. Now, uh, there was uh, – I mentioned before Scotty Pendlebury's podcast, he spoke at length about Jack Ginevan's year Yep. Um, in reference to the past few weeks where he's been very good. Yes. And he, as Scott said that um, while he's been in the VFL, he's got clicked up to another gear. He is living and breathing – his diet, his fitness, getting in the gym, he is like absolutely switched on. Yeah. And this is such a good – it's a testament to not only Jack Ginevan and his motivation, yep. but this is what happens when you have such a deep list. And you, yeah, you got to fight. It's going to light a fire under guys. Yeah. And not it, just a deep list, but playing in a position where there's other people exactly like you that are having great years. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, you can see it uh, the second he gets back out to top level – Grabs the opportunity with both hands, and he looks like a more complete player. He's added a few more tools to his game. That little, yeah, his, you know, ass- where his assistance game has gone through the roof. Where he would have blazed away and maybe had a shot at goal, or yeah. waited for the high contact to come, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and he's now doing a bit of the Grind Myers, scanning the field from all angles, Leo Messi, and then <laughs> doing that little short forty-five, that little twenty-five meter yeah. dart, and making sure of it. Uh, anyway, r- great job. Uh, three votes. Nick Larky, uh, like we said before, four votes. And again, this is a, a, a left field pick. Not sure if he's Love entered it. the count before. Oh, debuting with four debuting votes. Debuting with a four. That's huge. And this was, again, couldn't take my eyes off of him all game. One Brent Daniels oh. from the GWS Giants as a small forward impacting the game, pushing to every contest, no matter where it was on the ground. He covered the entire oval to the point where he was getting clearances from contests in the back 50, getting a beautiful lace-out kick away and then charging down the field to impact at front of the ball as well. Finished with 23 disposals, a goal, two assists, five tackles and 10 score involvements. I thought he was the Giants' best player, even better than Tom Green who dominated the ball. Yep. Tom Green's going to do that every week. Bloody Brent Daniels has been flying under the radar for a long time. Love and that. that was a re- perfect modern small forward game. Five votes, Errol fucking Goulden. He was just I- I- immense in a losing to even when Melbourne beat the piss out of them. You could not, like, deny yeah, that Goulden his was run, the, the his, best on ground. His run and carry is unbelievable. And, again, just you watch it, it, when you watch Errol Goulden in a game like this, and this is – I think he's now – you could make the case for him being a top five player in the comp this year. He's that consistently amazing, and not only statistically, the eye test. He's at every, he's everywhere. Yeah, he is. Do you he's remember everywhere his pre-season on the ground? Game, where we all like sat around and thought, "Oh, look, yeah. he's come out. He's had forty-five or yeah. whatever bullshit he did." And we all thought, "Oh, can he do it for the year?" And absolutely, yes, he can. Yes, he I can, was, yeah. I was as surprised as anyone, but. It's just he seems like he's kicking it to himself sometimes. He'll kick it like 35, 40 metres down the field and it'll come off a couple of hands and he's already sprinted to get to the fall of the ball and gotten another touch. 42 disposals, two goals. What a season. I I can't wait to watch him in a finals game when he's on. Uh, Yeah, five votes, Errol Goulden. And let's have a look at Monty's votes to round out the year for the MVP trophy voting. All righty, so one vote we've got Adam Trelaw. Oh, yes, don't okay. Mind yep, don't mind uh, it. Two votes, Petrarca. Oh, yes. Uh, three votes, Toby Green. Oh, yeah, we love Toby. Should have given it to Brent Daniels, though. Uh, four votes, Nick Larkey. Yep. 
Oh, the Sylph's gotten a lot. Five votes, Goulden. Yeah, all right. So Goulden, Larkey, and uh, they, they would. Oh, Goulden will be getting up there, you reckon? He'd oh, be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where he's he'd got be a few, at. Yeah. Top if ten. I'd you'd say. think he'd be top ten at this point after that mm. little bump of uh, you know fifteen or so votes. Next uh, week we will. F- we discover. will. We will have the reveal. I already know of the. Yeah, Corey, I, Corey already knows it. because he is the gatekeeper. <laughs> he is the keeper of the. He, he's the key master. Uh, he knows. He's the. He's the spreadsheet guy. But next week we will go through the top twenty-five. We'll really draw it out. We'll really make a make a meal. Take it out to dinner. Yeah, you know, go get to a nice little seafood. Well, I think it's going to be a good opportunity to to talk about players that we really like. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and now we, after the customary, <clears throat> as is tradition, after adopt your boy, we are going into no, the. F- you said after adopt your boy. Sorry, after you're right, Joel. I made a mistake. <laughs> after the MVP voting, we are going into the flagship segment. Adopt your boy, boys, 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 boys. We're looking for a good time. Now, now Paddy Parnell. Paddy Parnell. He actually played. He got the call up, you ladies didn't even and gentlemen. Know he was playing. I didn't know he was playing because I was <laughs> a very busy man this weekend and I had just gotten so used to disappointment from Matthew Nix. But it was a Saturday and I had a very busy Saturday, boys. I commentated. Mm-hmm. Two games of football. How did it go? You were, you were doing the Swannies game, weren't I you? Did the, you did the league it was game, Swan, was it? Yes, I did Swan Districts versus Claremont Colts. Beautiful. And then I did Swan Districts versus Claremont League. Love that. And then I got on the beers at a mate's 30th that night. So Beautiful. I had to Love retroactively it. watch all of the games after. But Paddy Parnell in round 24, about fucking time Adelaide Crows <laughs> board, the coaching staff, the selection committee, Matthew Nix. The, the, the Gillan McLaughlin, bloody Hulk the, Hogan. The, bloody Anthony Albanese. It's not been good enough at a board level, at an administrative level. He should have been playing for ten weeks straight. He's finally gotten the call up, and what a game Paddy Parnell has had in a win that the Crom desperately needed to end on a morale boost for the season. Uh, he's had just he, he's done his job. He's yeah. done his job. Usually. In the Sandful, Paddy Parnell has to get more of a front seat because he's one of the best players in the team. Yeah. But when he gets up to the ones, he's not going to be greedy about it. He's not going to dominate the ball when you've got guys like, you know, your, uh, your, uh, your, your, your Mitch Hinges, your Jordan Dawsons, your, your, your Rory Leds. He had a very respectable, very working class. Yes. 12 disposals. Okay. At 91.7% efficiency, if you don't mind. He does love the the efficiency. 91%. One score involvement and two inside 50s. So you'd be expecting coaches' votes is what I'm saying. You'd be expecting (laughs) at least a couple, not five coaches' votes. I I think I'd be giving him three two or three coaches' votes for the morale boost that a guy like Patrick Parnell provides for the boys. And... He's now, he's played one game. Uh, sorry, I, he, he played three games for the year, I think. Yeah, I think three. I should have looked this up, but I'm just going to guess that's 100% well, winning five, efficiency. Did he, he play five? No, he came on as a sub in one yeah. and then that was well, like. counted. Uh, yeah, they are counted. But 100% winning efficiency, don't research that. Don't quote me on that. Either way, bigger and better things for Patrick uh, at the end. Because this this is my last Adopt Your Boy segment as a, as a you know, because my boy's not playing finals. Uh, well, he might be playing the Sandful Finals we will check in on. But 
for his AFL career, he is still my boy for next year. I think we we will be adopting second boys if uh, you know like our boys are still there. Corey, you need to adopt a new one entirely because Sammy is a man already scouting. He's already scouting, but that's enough from my boy. I hear your boy Joel Joey Richards had a bit of a blinder. Yeah, it was nice to see Joey get on the park. So he had uh, two goals, one and sixteen touches. And three inside fifties, which we're all just going to automatically say were goals. So this is an up. Oh, of course, uh, it, it, this is now a bit of an upward trajectory to end the VFL season. Pies are playing VFL finals, aren't they? So they played the playing game. So they've trialed oh yeah, there's that. a wild card system. Yeah, yes. so they've trialed it in the VFL, which is good to see it worked. Yeah, I like them trying new things because the VFL is such a stack. There's so many teams in it now. There's like there's like twenty. 20 oh, plus teams so because they've, play they've amalgamated the NEFL into it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. look, the Pies are off to the VFL finals. So Joey Richards will get some more games. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and Corey's ever so rudely Don't just filming us uh, <laughs> like paparazzi style as we're doing this. But of course, we look very handsome. Uh, <laughs> speaking of handsome, one Sammy Flanders. Uh, how did he go in very the well. tough loss against North Melbourne? Yeah, 29 disposals and two goals. Oh, fuck. <laughs> as good as ever. He jumps off the page, doesn't he? His <laughs> first oh quarter God. was insane. Yeah, he looked he looked very, very good. Running through the middle, just a part of everything. Uh, very crucial to their game plan, as he has been uh, since his re-inclusion. So that's, that's it for Sammy being your boy. That's it his is. last game. And we tentatively, we will hear from Sammy next week. Okay, tentatively. But, but just put a soft note in your calendar that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still in the outlook there. Uh, so that is, uh, it's a good week for our boys. It, it's been a very good week for our boys. It's been a good season for our boys. It's been a great season for our boys. And yet again, we encourage you to start doing your homework on who to adopt next season if you haven't got a boy yet. Or even if you do have a boy, get a second boy. Make the family a bit bigger. Give him a little brother to play with so they don't just have to <laughs> be an only child and grow up without that sibling affection. Anyway, after Adopt Your Boy, as is tradition, we go into the segment where we check in on our dear St Kilda supporting comrade. Uh, it is, is Joel okay? Now, clearly, he's up and about. They've locked in sixth position. Uh, or is it? It's sixth it's position, sixth, isn't it? Yeah. So finals coming up. We've briefly mentioned it against GWS. Talk us through the mindset here. Well, I think we can all agree that I never get ahead of myself. Never. Um, Never. You've never once tipped no, St Kilda no. to win the flag this year no, and no, finish no. top of the ladder. That's never happened. No, I'm always keep it cool, calm and collective. And, yeah, like I said, I don't get ahead of myself. I think going to this final series, I think it's the year's a success, what we've done so far. We've had 13 wins. We've made the finals. Ross has come back. The kids are looking really, really good. They are. Uh, Machito Owens' year has been incredible. He'll be top three in the Rising Star. Wangadine Miller has been amazing. He almost could have been All-Australian. Running off the half back line. I I don't yes, hate it. Yes, a lot I of don't other hate it. in yes, that position, yes. but he has had an exceptional year. He has. Um, look, I think my asshole's finally unclenched from that GWS game. But it will clench once that game kicks oh, yeah. off, that finals game. I and don't know who to tip in that, honestly. It's no, so look, we'll it's, do a preview for that next week. But yeah, to it's play so, it at home, it's so 50-50, I reckon. It's our first home final since 2011. Oh, huge, huge. Now, and there's there's a, been a bit of fanfare I've seen today about where that final will be played. Yeah, MCG they, or Marvel. They, they want it, it will to be, be played at, at the MCG. Yeah, they they want it to be played at Marvel because that's uh, sort of their home ground. Yeah, and also <laughs> it'll be full. 
Yes. Whereas uh, if it's played at the MCG, there may only be 55, 60,000 Yeah, because it is GWS. Well, we won't have more than 60,000 at the yeah. MCG. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. I'm which glad is, which you is can admit that, Joel. Well, I'm I'll glad be surprised you could, we could have more than I would rather it be at Marvel because a full stadium in a finals game makes a massive difference. Absolutely. Even just for viewing pleasure. Well, if um, Geelong can play Frio at GMHBA in a final, why can't we play... GWS at Yeah, Marvel. and I think it's like it, I, it's I our appreciate. Home I, yeah, exactly. There. It is your home ground. I appreciate that Marvel is a home ground to to um uh, as Ross Lyon would say a boutique club like uh like St Kilda <laughs> um <laughs> boutique boutique just makes me think of uh pretentious like hippie people that uh, go boutique shopping. You know what I mean? You know the the guys that have. The mustaches that curl up and mm. uh, are really lame looking. Oh, the wankers. The wankers, yes. The wanker mustaches. What I'm saying is the Frio people. The Frio, yeah. You could say yeah. Frio people, and not not Frio the the football team. Frio the suburb. no Frio the suburb has a lot of uh, has a lot of boutique <laughs> also, people. Wankers. They're a boutique crowd. Yeah, there's a lot, but also you got some good good folks in Frio too. Yeah, some, well, my partner some. lives there, so exactly. I feel like Donald Trump. Like some, I assume, are good people, but they're bringing crime, they're bringing drugs, they're rapists. Well, that is also true of Frio. That people, is also yes. true. That is also Donald should, Trump would be correct. We should build a wall. We should build a wall. Uh, and, and next up, we're just going to round out with the other news. Uh, before we do, I've got one last um, exciting piece go of news for it. Go for for, it, before we go to other sports. Yes. Matt Rowell has set the record, uh, season record for most tackles in a single has season. Has he fucking really? Yes. I did not know that. So oh, rally. He's got 190 tackles. Fuck. And people are arguing that because it's an extended season, does he have the record? And yes, he does. So yeah, if you, if you aver- okay. average it down, it was Matt Pritis with yep. 179. And that um, would have been in a 21 22, game 22. 22 yep. game season. So if you take Matt Rowe's average and bring it, squash it down for 22 games... It puts him on 181, so he, d- he still beats him. Well done to Matthew Rowell. Already somehow becoming an underappreciated player because he doesn't win the ball as much, even though, like, number one draft pick and all the fanfare. We, we were talking about number one draft picks earlier. There was massive fanfare So much hype Matt about Rowell. Oh, his broke first his, games were amazing. Yeah, they were. When they he broke, were. Did, was his leg that he broke? Uh, no, it was an ACL, it was I an think. ACL, it was an yeah. ACL. And when that happened, yeah. I, I was gutted. Yeah, I, oh, I, was, I was enjoying it. I was loving I was watching it. him. But, like, it's... He's such a physical beast and the Gold Coast have got other guys that can do that, it's, that can get rack up like, the ball. Um, it's like not Happy Gilmore. Uh, it's like, he's like the water boy. Like yeah. you, you, see him, you see him in the slow motion shot. Someone's got the ball and his eyes are just locked on and he just appears. <laughs> he just so levels him. He's, he's a beast. <laughs> well, a big love for Matty Rowell. Uh, now we will go to other news. I haven't uh, done a lot of other news journalism this week, boys, but one thing I got, Fiji beat England in rugby. First time ever. Yeah, first time ever it's happened. Jeez, that's embarrassing. Well, no, it, it's, Mate, they, they have like 20 people in Fiji. Oh, uh, yeah, it's embarrassing for England. For England it is, yes, yeah. For England it's embarrassing and we should absolutely yeah, head the, on the, the English. World, the World Cup's coming up next year. It's going to be very interesting. New yes. Zealand just suffered their biggest ever loss. To whom? South Africa. Oh, the Saffirs. Um, and, you know, Argentina's playing as good as good as ever. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. As Australia's lo- been a bit I, up and down. I, as long as South Africa does not win, I am, yeah. I am happy. I, That's I, um, it disappoints me greatly when they I do I will well. be upset if England do, but I'll cop it. I'll cop it. Yeah. I'll be upset 
Uh, if we go down to the All Blacks and all that, but I'll cop it. But if the Saffirs get up, I just, I, just, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with that. Yeah, I've got, I've got some pretty heartbreaking news. Oh, Daniel Ricciardo <gasps> has broken his hand in practice. No. In practice, it was the Zandvoort Dutch Grand Prix on uh, Sunday night, but on Friday in free practice, the second free practice session. Um, Zanvoort's famous because it's got some heavy banked turns, yes. which are quite interesting. Um, he came around a banked turn and the other Australian, Oscar Piastri, was crashed into a barrier. Oh, no. So in the in a split-second moment, Danny Rick, he could either crash into the back of Piastri's car or he could sacrifice himself, and that's what he did. He hard-turned right and crashed himself into the barrier on oh, purpose. Oh, what a fucking legend and of a bloke. Because it happens so fast, what you're supposed to do in a car crash, especially a racing car crash, is let go of the wheel. Yeah. Because all the force comes through the wheel and it, it breaks your wrists and your yep. hands. Yeah. He didn't have time, so he was holding the wheel, broke his hand. Whoa. He's out. He had surgery. Had surgery yesterday by the... There's a very famous um, surgeon called Dr. Mia... He does all of the sports people, all the MotoGP guys. He sounds like guys. a supervillain. He did yes. uh, Lance Stroll's a broken wrist earlier this season, or yep. two broken wrists, and he was back in no time. Yep. So maybe three, four weeks, Danny Rick will be back in the car. Yes, yes. But it did give an opportunity for a young New Zealander, Liam Lawson, who's been knocking at the door of an F1 drive for a couple of years now. He got his uh, first drive. And what a race to debut in. It was chaos. Yeah, okay. So yes, yes. Zandvoort's a very difficult track to overtake on because it's not it wasn't designed for modern F1 cars. Uh, last year there was 28 overtakes. This year it set an all-time F1 record for most overtakes in a single Whoa. race. 178. Oh, holy shit. There was 61 on a single lap. Oh, my so God. what happened was the race started and three, la three laps in it started raining. So there had to be an immediate tyre change and there was absolute chaos on what tyres people wanted to be on. And sometimes yeah. they had to change again. Yeah. Uh, so it rained, it got dry again, they changed the tyres again. And then towards the, the latter third of the race, heavy, heavy, heavy rain. So again, tyre changes, some people tried to stay out. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. So, but Liam Lawson, After he, all of this, let, let me answer, ask you this one question. After all of this... Best race ever, most overtakes in a single Max race. Max Verstappen the chaos. did win, yes. He did win. He so did that's win. what I was going to ask. Did Max yes. Verstappen win? He did win. What's the point, Corey? So What's the point? Interestingly enough, uh, in all that chaos uh, towards the start, Sergio Perez took the lead and was winning by 14 seconds. 14? Max Verstappen caught him. Max Verstappen caught him in about three laps. Jesus, he was He was going five seconds a lap faster um, and he just immediately caught Absolute him. Absolute Well, that was his home... Track, it is it? his home track. Oh, he's a Dutchman. And also yes, he yes. just uh, broke, uh, equaled um, Sebastian Vettel's record of most consecutive F1 wins. Nine. Jesus Christ, we are in dangerous just on, times. Um, Danny Rick, is he, so which arm did he break? Was his I think right, it's his right. Is he right-handed? Uh, I'm not too sure. I'll give him a message. I'm just yeah. thinking it's going to be real <laughs> tough on him for the next little period. Why is that? Are you making a masturbating joke, Joel? Well, yeah. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Yes, now, uh, listen. That sucks. I've... Um, I've it got some. Suck. I can give you some context on this. I shattered my right hand when I was younger, yep. and it was my right hand. Didn't make a difference. I yes. just <laughs> did it with the left. Oh, well, no, so, you, like, you go with your left. But. Good to know, kids listening. I've got one uh, that I've just remembered here. The Premier League is well and truly off and running, and at the moment, one Ange 
Postacoglu. They are loving him. Coaching Tottenham Hotspur. He is now the flavour of the month. The British have they, now gotten around they him. They are well, loving him British, like nothing else. Oh, everyone. The everyone. best of the best. Robbie Williams is down Yeah, Robbie him. Williams did a very uh, – his voice didn't sound great in it, but I am a big Robbie fan, so I'm going to allow it uh, in this uh, I'm loving Big Ange instead cover. But they are, they're all <laughs> over at Tottenham. This is after losing Harry Kane, who before Erling Haaland got there, he was the best striker in the Premier League. He's still – I believe holds the overall most goals scored by an English striker in the Premier League. Captain of the England team. They've lost their striker. They're now making a little hodgepodge. They're using Richarlison, who's a Brazilian player. Can kick a goal, but not a striker. They're playing him in uh, the number nine. And Ange Postacoglu is undefeated to start the Premier League season. Love He's it. completely undefeated. And I'm just trying to look at the table here. My dear Chelsea are uh, not going so well after spending... The entire GP, uh, GDP of the country of Namibia, uh, they have not been able to manufacture some wins. They're 10th on the table. One win, one draw, one loss. It's only three games in. I but love uh, I love that yes. Andrew's doing well. And, yeah, it's bizarre to see how loved he is so Yeah, Tottenham quickly. a third. And they beat Man United. And, of course, Man City is undefeated We've got to look first. at everywhere love he goes that. as well. He's had success. I've, yep. um, I've got an, an interesting story about balls. Okay. Yours or ours? We, we or? do love balls. We do love balls. It's Tennis true. balls, to be oh, specific. Oh, okay. Um, yes. The US Open Fairy is. Very ones. The US Open is coming up. Yes. Um, well, it started today. Oh, did it? Yep. Well, there you go. Um, now, the US Open is the last major to still use uh, different balls for the men and the women. Okay. So, in the, in the past, uh, the women have used a lighter, less fluffy ball because okay. it, it bounces more, it sets up. It's better for um, winning shots yep. and gives it a little bit more time. Some women really like that. Other, the heavier hitters don't like it. They prefer the heavier ball. The Australian Open, all the other, they they all use the men's ball now. Yep. Um, the US Open switching, so they're they're coming into, into line with the with the others. Okay. Uh, because a lot of the uh, European girls are struggling to pra- get actually get the balls to practice with. Yeah. So, yep. Their lead up to the tournament is being is being skewed. Uh, I, ne- I never knew that, no, that the different ball factor. Yeah, Interesting. I mean, golf balls are the same. Ladies have a, a different ball as well. Ah. Um, I mean, to give you some some context between the two different balls in 2017, uh, Serena Williams' fastest serve of the season uh, was was at the U.S. Open yep. with, with the lighter ball. Yeah. At Wimbledon, she was serving 12 kilometers an hour slower. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the difference in the ball. And it, it do does... the AFLW do, use a different size ball? No, it's the same ball. Is it ball. the same it's ball the same as ball. AFLW? Well, I yeah. like so that. The, the, I men, like that. the heavier ball, it lends you. You once you know it, and you watch a game with the two, watch two games with the two, you see it because the men's okay. the men's ball favors the top spin, so they can stand behind the baseline yep. and smash it at each other. Yeah, okay. and you, the ladies' ball just kind of pops around a little it bit. Sits up, like you said. Yes, all right. Uh, I, I don't have any uh, other news. I'm trying to think of uh, other things that may have happened in the world. I've got uh, some more soccer, some more soccer news. Now, the kiss that rocked the world. Oh yes, the Spanish uh, situation. Luis Rubiales, the yeah. president of the Spanish uh, football federation, who we can only assume is a chauvinist pig. Yes, an absolute Absolute chauvinist upon, pig. Upon Spain, now, dear listener, if you did not see this, it is very bizarre. Yes. But upon Spain winning the Women's World Cup, the uh, Spanish Soccer Federation president uh, was on the field. He grabbed the player Jenny Hermoso, uh, both sides of her head, 
and kissed her right in the lips. Right on the mouth. Just right just on the mouth. Just it on yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, she immediately came out and said, like, yuck, and also yuck again. Yes. And uh, it was not non-consensual, didn't want it. Now... Uh, the entire Spanish team has stood down and said they will. They are refusing to play any more games until he's good fired. solidarity, ladies. Well, now, very good, as you, as you would expect, you know, because they're very good guys. The Spanish uh, Football Federation has not sacked him. Oh, they're, wow. they're, they're backing him now. This this was all in the last week. Now today, there's been another turn. And the Spaniards are, are quite dramatic people, you could say. Yes. Throughout yes. history, very dramatic. All the <laughs> European talk. Um, that was more Italian, but okay, yeah, go uh, on, go on. All those yeah, wipes yeah, are the same. Yeah. <laughs> Louisa's mother, Angela Beja, has entered a church. Yep. And started a hunger strike. Oh my God. And oh, she wow, is wow. refusing to leave. Or stop the the hunger strike until her son is uh, treated better than the way he's being treated so right now. So the mother of the guy that forced the kiss. Correct. Oh, Angela, <laughs> Angela, you 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 hitch into the one the how wrong long do you think it lasts? wagon it here. Is, well, how old is she? She can't hold out forever. Like, <laughs> it is such a bizarre thing to do. That is mental. That is absolutely <laughs> She's mental. She's the bread of the church. For well, sure. I think we, what we need here uh, is you know. It, it almost seems like there's so many details to this case, and we need we need to you know appoint some sort of Arbiter. commission or yeah. inquisition, uh, <laughs> if you will. Nobody uh, would to, suspect. Nobody that. would suspect some sort of inquisition that is Spanish in some way to go think, and investigate think, this hunger I think that strike one's going situation. Over Joel's head. I think it might have gone over Joel's head uh, <laughs> just a little bit. Either way, have we got any updates on Mushroom Bitch? Uh, have we got I've any updates looking. on her? I've been looking. I haven't Nothing. found any. Nothing. I was hoping you had done better journalism than me here. But um, a story that's close to my heart because my brain is like that of a stone. Uh, <laughs> CTE. Mm. Now it's become uh, the awareness and in investigation around it has become a lot more prevalent in most professional sports leagues. Yes, yes. Um, a new study has come out from the states where uh, 152 brains were analysed. Well, and all of these brains were of people under the age of 30. Yep. That had died predominantly uh, by suicide. Yep. Um, and they found they were all football, uh, American football, ice hockey, and soccer players. Yep. And 40% of those athletes were found to have CTE. Whoa. Which is very far above what the uh, expectation was. God damn, that's so scary. That's, this study will probably lead to many more and that information will probably be provided even to the AFL. Well, yeah, a lot God of athletes damn. are now signing up to have their brains studied. Correct, yeah, there's brain, so banks, brain banks all over the world now. Yeah, yeah it's once, good. Well, once these things can happen is when you can have these results and really look at it. Now, yeah. my last story, I would ask you guys who in your opinion, is the greatest Australian athlete of all time. Can't be a football player. I mean, oh. look at on the international yeah, no, stage. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, it's it's obviously now Sam Kerr comes to mind. Okay. I would, That's but, good. Uh, it's I good, would, but it's incorrect. Uh, Greg Norman, perhaps. Very good. Greg, also, also incorrect. Greg Norman, uh, I would have up there. Maybe Dawn Fraser. More iconic. More, more iconic. iconic. I'll say the Volk. Oh, Volk is actually a good okay. shout, Joel. Yeah, right. Volk, I would say pound for pound. Well, I'll tell you the right answer. 
It's Stephen Bradbury. Oh, for sure. Yes, yes. Love it's, big Stephen. It's definitely yes. Stephen Bradbury. Now, Stephen Bradbury is back in the news once again. What's he done now? He has saved the life of four women. Holy fuck, Steve. Yes. So he was. <laughs> he's been given it. He's been presented uh, by the mayor a, a Let bravery me tell you what award. happened. Let me tell you what happened. They, the women were being chased by a pack of speed skaters. <laughs> and they all fell over. And, and Stephen Bradbury has seen this pack of chasing speed skaters and heroically slid in like a soccer slide tackle and taken them all out underneath the legs, causing a crash pile up and won the gold medal again from the. These ladies who have presented it to him. What actually happened, now, Corey? He was at the beach giving his son surfing lessons, as you Love as you it. do. Um, not sure why he'd be doing that because the water's all melted. Um, but <laughs> he, he saw a woman that behind. There was apparently quite big swell. Yep. Uh, he saw a woman behind the break uh, being smashed uh, by the water. Yep. So he, he sent his uh, son in to get uh, the lifeguards. He took the surfboard. Paddled out to her, and when he got to her, he realised there was three more. Oh, shit. One of them was in a very bad state, hyperventilating, nearly drowning. So he stuck one on the board, gone (laughs) kind of halfway in, shoved her off, and he's gone back out there and then tried to get all three of the other ones on the board and try to get in himself. Stephen, you king. The waves are getting in. He he realised, I'm going to have to kick two of these off to save one, the worst one, and right as he was about to make that very difficult decision, the lifeguards came. Oh, And they pulled man. two out and he took one in. The mayor's given him a bravery award. Oh, now, Stephen fucking Bradbury. Coincidentally, it- through all of this, the, <laughs> the craziest thing is currently there's a film being shot about the life of Stephen Bradbury. Wow. Whether or not this makes the cut. Well, <laughs> now I'm suspicious. Now I, it's made me, I don't want to be suspicious of Stephen Bradbury. Of course I want to <laughs> expect the best out of our greatest ever Australian athlete. But you can just imagine him going to some uh, going to some uni. It just uni. so happens they're all stunners as well. It just so imagine happens. Imagine him going to some uni and being like, "Hey, hey, guys, yeah, you know who I am." And people being like, "No, like, well, I'm, st- I'm, I'm, I'm eighteen. I'm, Steve- I don't know I'm Stephen Bradbury. I'll give you a hundred bucks each if you pretend to drown out the back of the surf." <laughs> and then they actually nearly do because it's been such a hodgepodge operation, and he does get to but save them. Good on you, Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, no, that's 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 real good shit. That's uh, that's very cool. <laughs> uh, does anyone have any final news items, or is that it for the is that it for the main episode? All right, I think we might call it there. Now today, as a uh, as an exit song, we have uh, "Broom." By uh, friends of the show and great band Last Quaker. Oh, love Last Quaker. Yes, 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 very good.
Red Dirt by Las Quaker, available for purchase and streaming everywhere. Thank you.